He fires downfield. It's caught. And into the end zone. Touchdown, Iowa. Touchdown, Iowa. Play fake. Bethard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of The Mix this week. whole lot of uh, apologizing, if you will, coming from especially my camp last week. We, uh, you know, transitioning locations, if you will, Lance and I here this week. Forgetting an SD card at home, not a deal. Not a deal whatsoever, Lance. But another big weekend of football. Going to try to unload, unpack, if you will, all of that and hop into a little bit of the college basketball that we had wanted to get into this weekend. And we'll try to kind of make it an all-in-one episode, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was certainly a good week for me as a Bucks fan. You know, it it feels good to beat the Saints. It feels good to be in the NFC Championship. And then, you know, there were some there were some solid games outside of that. I mean, the Browns gave the Chiefs a game, and you know, other than that, it was it was kind of what we expected, I guess. I felt like it was a great Sunday. the The Saturday games didn't do a whole ton for me in no. terms of, of the way everything went down. But I thought there was a, a lot to love from the Sunday games altogether and a lot more, you know, intensity and, I don't know, everything that, that kind of transpired, even with Mahomes going down. There was some, you know, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of concern whether, you know, the Browns might be able to just pull it off against the Chiefs this weekend. Yeah, and I mean, without that, obviously without that fumble, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into at some point. But, um, I mean, without that fumble, they win the game, which is – just pretty absurd and then you know yeah I mean Mahone's question marks and then Henny with the just an incredible run under pressure to go get that first down and then the fourth down conversion I mean both of these games on Sunday were great I mean the Saturday games were you know they were all right I expected more from the from the Ravens bills but you know even the even the Rams I expected more out of when we can start there if you will this week here, I th- I think that the Rams, I expected a lot more out of them, especially the secondary and what this defense is going to be able to do to Aaron Rodgers and, and the you know, Green Bay offense. I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers kind of, you know, definitely stapled in his MVP this year. And, I mean, against a defense that had been really, really good late in the year, he still was able to put up plenty of points and obviously go get a victory to go on to the NFC Championship this week. But I, I thought that this Rams secondary would, would be able to put a little bit more of a limit on them this weekend. Yeah, I mean, they I mean I don't know what it was with the Rams. I mean, I know Donald was kind of bouncing around with injuries in this game. He was kind of in and out. Um, but it, the defense just wasn't there. I mean, even they couldn't even stop the run as effectively as they could, you know, all season long. I mean, the Packers carried the ball for five yards a carry or something like that. So it's just – it's just the Rodgers effect, I think. I think, you know, we were talking about it while we were watching the game. Is He's just out there smiling and giggling and, you know, just making plays and just not missing throws and just cutting up defenses while he's out there smiling all arrogant-like. And, it, you know, it just – it really, really was making me angry on, on Saturday uh, afternoon watching him. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll get there after necessarily we get through all these games here. We'll get to looking ahead a little bit towards towards Sunday that – that's that's for a little bit later here, but I mean, yeah, I thought this was a game that was going to go under, and I didn't expect to see the the Green Bay Packers put up as many points as they did. And I thought that I I took the Rams in this one and the under, both losers in this one. I just think it kind of went slightly differently, and just the fact that you know the Packers put up more points than I thought they were going to. I think that this was like a you know twenty four. 18 game or whatever that's that's covering and under I believe and kind of kind of a different game than I expected to see this one kind of got out of out of reach it seemed like you know yeah, relatively really quickly quarter it was like all right this one's uh this one's kind of salted away it felt like for sure yep and uh just didn't go quite how I I thought it was a tough Saturday for me but kind of ended up bounce back bouncing back on on Sunday but I mean th- this this Packers team seems rather legit yeah, I mean, they definitely look good. It's kind of hard to tell, you know, with the injury to Goff on his hand. I know he wasn't 100%. They didn't have Wolford to kind of mix in there. And, and, you know, I mean, he played fine, but there just wasn't the same zip. You know, anything past 10 yards down the down the field kind of felt like it was floating a little bit. And, you know, it was just very – it just seemed very one-dimensional from the Rams. They, 
I know they got plagued with injuries. You know, they didn't have Cup, and, you know, with obviously, like I said, with Goff's kind of thumb or whatever was going on there, it was it was kind of a tough one for them. But, you know, the Packers, I mean, credit to them. They they made the the number one defense in the NFL look pretty uh, pretty shitty. I mean, when you really look at it, I mean, they kind of cut them up pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, hate to be looking forward, but, you know, it is, it's going to be interesting this matchup this week after the Bucks kind of gave it to Green Bay and Tampa Bay. It was correct early in this this year. It's going to be an interesting little little rematch, if you will. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is that the Bucks defense is it's. I don't want to say definitely faster, but I, I, in my at least opinion, from watching both these teams play a lot, the Bucks defense is faster than the Rams defense. They're probably the fastest defense in the NFL, and that gives a lot of problems to teams. It makes it really tough, you know, especially to to run the ball and to kind of make make your plays when. You know, there's just guys everywhere. There's just guys flying around. So, I don't. I, again, I don't really know what it was about the Rams in this game that just kind of like didn't. They just didn't impress me in this game, like really at all. I, I was, I was very disappointed in their performance. I had the Rams as well, and you know it kind of sucks to, you know, have your like I said, have your starting quarterback go down. But you know, you kind of gotta, kind of gotta go with the punches, and they kind of just felt like laid down there in that third quarter. It's tough kinda to see like too. Over. Tough to see too out of the the Rams and just the fact that the kind of the run they made towards the end of the year. I mean, if we were to ask, I don't even know what week it would have been, but rather early in the season, you, you wouldn't necessarily have thought the Rams would, you know, maybe be where they were. They kind of made it a, a nice end of the season run, get into the playoffs, make sure they solidified their spot. And then obviously, you know, getting the game uh, from the Seahawks, it was correct. And uh, moving forward, I mean, I think they have to be kind of happy and with the injury situation. I mean, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, at least they were there. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, after they beat the Bucks, that was kind of when I thought the Rams were like, oh, it was like, okay, like, this team looks pretty good. And then, you know, like I said, the injuries kind of fell apart. You know, Goff may not be the guy there anymore. I'm not really sure what they're going to do there this season. But, you know, it's – it's it's a tough draw to go into Lambeau and beat Green Bay. There's not a lot of teams this year that have done it. Actually, they've only lost once at home, I'm seeing. So it's not an easy feat to go into Green Bay. But, you know, I kind of thought with that defense, they'd at least be able to, like, limit limit the Packers, and it, it just wasn't. They kind of just – the Packers just kind of had their way that what felt like this entire game. Yeah, I certainly agree. It kind of just seemed like it was, it was Packers from the get-go, even, I mean, although it was still somewhat – close until like you said the third quarter yeah I think that this was just basically all Packers I mean it's gonna be interesting to see I mean the Bucks against another elite wide receiver this week you know obviously MT being back against the Saints last week I think it's gonna be interesting to see how they play Devontae Adams again and kind of how they try to shut down this offense again for the second time this year is gonna be interesting but yeah I mean in that game Rodgers threw a pick six and then a a pick that went down to like the one and then maybe a third interception too. I can't remember right now, but I mean to get the ball inside the inside the to score and get the ball inside like the two yard line on interceptions. He's probably not going to gift us those again, especially at home, especially in the winter. You know, it, it's going to be a tough game. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a big one. It's the biggest game bucks game of basically my life, you know, ever since I was two years old or whatever. So it should be a it should be a fun one. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, so I guess we can move into the second game of of the Saturday, if you will, and the kind of another not necessarily snooze fest, but um, just wasn't a whole lot in this one. But the Bills are moving on to the AFC Championship and uh, not getting much out of the Ravens this weekend. Both defenses kind of showed up and uh, really low scoring affair. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Bills. I think the 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 main play in this game or the kind of game deciding play that you look back on is like, yeah, that changed the game. Obviously it was the, with the pick six and then Lamar getting hurt. And, you know, we've talked about with the Ravens all year long, if they go down, they're just, they're kind of out of it. I mean, they're just not able to kind of throw themselves back in the game. And I feel like we saw that, you know, especially without Lamar coming down the stretch there, it just felt like once that pick six happened, like this game it was, was Huntley, correct? Yeah. Some Huntley was second in line. This yeah. weekend, which was interesting, I was just like, "Wait, who? Who's this guy? This isn't this isn't RG three. I didn't even know where he was, honestly." No, I mean, I, I the I think he's a rookie. I think somebody said from Utah or something. But I mean, credit to him for coming out in the playoff game. I mean, he threw the ball 
I thought relatively well. I mean, for, for the pressure that was put on him and then, you know, but it's been a problem with the Ravens for three years. If they go down by really at all, then the game's just kind of been, you know, over, it felt like. Correct. Correct. I don't think you could have said that one any better. I was riding the Ravens momentum in this one, see if they could find a little playoff run in them. I took Ravens plus three in the under. Under, obviously, very, very easy in this one. But, yeah, the Ravens just were kind of, yeah, once they once they went down, it's just it was like, man, this doesn't feel uh, feel very good, especially and then Lamar going out, obviously. But Yeah, I mean, I kind of, what I saw in this game was I really thought the Ravens were, being able, were going to be able to run the ball, you know, all day long against that Bills defense and, you know, they kind of were. I mean, they had 150 yards and almost five yards of carry. It's like, you know, the game plan I felt like was there, but they just, like I said, you know, when once they get down, then you can't just run the ball every time anymore. And, you know, that defense kind of started to, to swarm a little bit and they couldn't get really any first downs. And, you know, credit to Buffalo, I guess, for, you know, they got outgained by 100 yards or so and still, managed, and still managed to, uh, you know, get the win and, in a game that really wasn't that close at the end. Yeah, I mean, yeah, credit to, I mean, the Ravens, yeah, very good point. You point out that they were outgaining them by over 120 yards, had more passing yards by two, and outrushed them by 120 in this one. Yeah, so I Crazy, mean, crazy. And they held the ball for 11 more minutes than the Bills did. Yeah, I mean, it really it really all came down to that pick six, and I and – I, because, you know, obviously if, if the Ravens go in there and score and it's a tie game at 10-10, to 10, you, you know, it just completely flipped the game on its head, obviously. And, you know, you want to talk about Josh Allen a little bit, then, I mean, he's had a – he had a good game. He had a fine game, and so he, it's a playoff win. So there's not really much you can say. I'm sure he'll be uh, a little bit better next week against, uh, you know, a, a worse defense, I would say, in the Chiefs. But he did his job. You know, he didn't turn the ball over. I don't think Buffalo had any turnovers in this game. And, you know, that really, you know, kind of salted it away is, you know, playing, clean they make the mistakes, playoffs. didn't make mistakes, played solid defense, you know, made a big play on defense. And then, you know, that kind of, that kind of just did it for them. It's really all they needed. Yeah, I definitely agree. It was just kind of a grinded out win for the Bills. Credit to them. And I mean, team, I mean, if, if, if you were to put this any other way, I think that this was just how it was going to go this game. I didn't feel like it was going to be a shootout at all, in my opinion, anyway. Didn't see, you know, you know, a mid-20s game out of both of these teams. It just wasn't going to happen. I felt like both these defenses were going to come to play, and I think both of the offenses obviously were having their own own kind of struggles in their own regard against each other. So, yeah, I think this was just under all day and a grind-out win. Credit to Josh Allen and the Bills for a win and on the FC Championship. Yeah, and then again, I mean, I really wish there were Buffalo fans, more Buffalo fans there. I know they had I don't know, like probably 6,000 or so people there or whatever, but, you know, I really wish they could stack the stadium and, you know, be tailgating and have the full mafia experience, you know, breaking tables, all that fun stuff. But, you know, good for Buffalo. First time they've been in the AC championship and since the Super Bowls, since they lost four Super Bowls in a row, maybe. I don't even know. It's been a while, I'm sure. Been so. a long time. Been a long time. All right, so now getting into Sunday, a little bit more excitement out of these games and uh, a lot better day for me in gambling terms and just in terms of a viewer. I feel like just a lot better games, a lot more excitement. And we obviously get to Kansas City getting out, obviously, to a pretty pretty decent lead there and obviously losing Patrick Mahomes is kind of scary. And, uh, you know, Henny obviously coming in there, closing things out was, was huge. Yeah, I mean, with the Chiefs, Listen, I we didn't get a uh, we didn't get a sharps out this week, but I liked the Browns and the under in this game. I thought the Browns were going to try to take it away from keep Patch Mahomes, you know, off the field, run the ball, and that's really what they did. And they and they limited the uh, they limited the possessions. They played, you know, pretty solid. And you know, Baker Mayfield really really did his job, and they were just they were just outmatched. I mean, they were just the Chiefs are just a better team. Yeah, so. I think all around when you kind of look at the stats and everything that went on with this game, I think, you know, obviously it would have been tougher for Cleveland to get that cover. I think if Mahomes is in, maybe they put, you know, more of a dagger on this game and kind of seal it away, if you will, if Mahomes was was still around. But even so, without him, I mean, no punts. I mean, it just yeah, it's just absurd. It just is is pretty crazy when you're when you're talking about it. I think we joked when we were watching the game too. It's like 
Mahomes is a system quarterback yeah. or whatever. I think that was pretty funny to to say when Henny came in. But yeah, he came in. He, I mean, he made a couple good throws, and then I think I think I said that, and then he threw like the next play. He just launched it like fifty yards into the end zone, like overthrew his guy by twenty yards, and it was like the biggest layup interception of all time. It's like okay, so here we go. But then, I mean, the guts to go put that run. I mean, that run, and then the fourth down conversion. You know, with Romo saying there's no way they're gonna snap it, there's no way they're gonna snap it, and they kind of caught they kind of caught the Browns sleeping there a little bit. I mean, every I don't. That was just every, a gorgeous little play call too. I mean, when you talk about run. it's the same play they ran against the box. It's 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 very very. Um, I mean, effective. Effective. I mean, I mean, you, just yeah, they just clear it out for Tyree Kill, and he's got a one on one with that you know probably guy that can't guard him, and all you got to do is get a yard, and you know. The balls to to go for that there is, it's it's impressive for sure. I mean, it's kind of who the Chiefs are though, right? They're kind of they're kind of that offensive powerhouse, so they're they're gonna go trust their offense, go get a yard. So, yeah. And speaking back towards you know Cleveland being able to hold the ball, I mean, both of the backs ran for over five yards of carry in this one, which is just crazy to think about. And uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, just outmatched the pretty in a lot of facets of this game and. Just couldn't pull it off, but, I mean, nice cover for us, I, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get a bet in on the Browns, but I definitely was going to, which is definitely, you know, you can't really have that, especially when you're a struggling gambler. You can't have games that you would have won not get bets in. But, I mean, listen, the Browns got a lot to be excited about. Um, I mean, the Chiefs are, I mean, they're a wagon. They're, I don't think they were ever going to lose this game, Mahomes or not. Um, obviously, the Mahomes injury some to look forward to next week or not. I'm so are you are you to. concerned whatsoever about the Bills if you're the Chiefs next week? Assuming I mean I'm I'm saying Mahomes is playing at this I point. I think he's 100% going to play this week as well. I don't think there's any chance in hell that he But I mean play. you got to be a little bit, right? I mean the, the Bills are hot. I mean they're a good team. They, they their defense looked great last week. I know the Ravens aren't the Chiefs especially cuz it's basically the polar opposite teams in the AFC this year, but Correct. You know, you you do have to you do have to be worried still. You know, nobody's gonna give. I promise you, the Bills aren't gonna lay down and be like, yeah, you know, you guys can go to the Super Bowl for the second straight year. I mean, they're hungry, so I do. Think I would the I would just win, like to see the the Bills come out and just punch them in the mouth, kind of like yeah. the, the Texans did, because I don't think the Bills are like a team that are gonna lose a lead like that. Yeah, and I think it would just be interesting to see if the Bills come out and are able to like go up like fourteen nothing or something along those lines. I think that that would be just be a really interesting game to watch because the Bills are not going to let let a lead like that. I feel like slip so easy. Yeah, I mean we've seen it with the Chiefs, like you said, the Texans last year, and they went down in the first playoff or in the in another playoff game too last year, didn't they? They were I don't know they were losing in the end of the first quarter, and then they just kind of flipped their their Chiefs switch on, which is kind of you know that just that extra level. You know, if they do that against the Bills, I don't want to say the Bills are going to win, but you know it's certainly. It's certainly a possibility. It's certainly the toughest matchup that I think the Chiefs have had in the playoffs in the last two years outside of probably the Super Bowl last year. I think the 49ers were a pretty, pretty bad matchup for them. But, you know, it's been definitely one of the best teams that they've played in the playoffs in the last couple of years. So you, you can't sleep on them. You really can't sleep on the Bills. And, you know, especially if Mahomes doesn't play, then, you know, anything anything can happen, especially if, if Mahomes doesn't play, then I think the Bills win. But, you know, anything can happen. It's the playoffs. I, I'm starting to kind of think of this now, and it's just kind of coming to my head, though. In terms of, like, so say the Chiefs get in, okay? Ch- say, you know, you're, we're talking about the Chiefs wagon here. They get into the Super Bowl. I'm almost, at this point, I, I'm liking both of the teams that are on the NFC side right now. Like, their chances against the Chiefs, I honestly don't hate it. The Green Bay defense has been playing better. I think they get cut up a little bit by the Chiefs. But I think if if the Bucks were to see the Chiefs, man, I think the Bucks D does enough to, to kind of, you know, limit them, if you will, like you're talking about in the Chiefs' wagon. And I think that the Bucks could put up some serious points, as could the Green Bay Packers on, on this Chiefs' defense. Well, I mean, yeah, you look at their defense. Their defense is, you know, obviously improved, but it's still not it's still not a top, you know, 10 defense in the NFL this year, at least statistically, in, in my opinion. So, you know, it's – it's definitely tough to put that much pressure on your offense, but when your offense is that good, then, you know, it certainly helps. I, I don't hate an NFC number, though. I, I don't. Know if, you're, if you were to bet it right now. I mean, I think the 
I think the Packers don't really have a chance. Obviously, I'm a Bucks fan, so I'm gonna say they have a chance. But you know, you look at what you look at what Tyreek Hill did in that first half, and you know, obviously the Bucks D kind of turned it on in that second half. But you know, it's it's gonna be tough to stop the Chiefs. Whoever plays them, it's gonna be tough to stop them. But like I said, I mean, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Especially you know, you get the Bucks in Raymond James Stadium again. So. Ooh. Ooh, man, that'd be nice. That would be so sweet to play home play a home Super Bowl. And it'll just that'd be so awesome. Correct. Correct. All right. So anything left on this game before we obviously get to the to the Bucks and the Saints here? Um, yeah. I, so back to the Mahomes hit. I didn't even I don't even think he hit his head. So I'm the way I kind of took it was more of like a throat punch. And the way like things were sounding like after the game and whatnot. Like this wasn't necessarily like how he landed on his head, we weren't really talking about. It. He's like, did we? Did he really like hit his head that hard? Like, what? What happened? Like, they thought he got the wind knocked out of him, kind of like a throw punch. Couldn't get up. Kind of was like wobbly, was wobbly, you know. Legs. And uh, I don't know. It was just odd to me. And I think personally, my opinion of this is, I think Mahomes, if that game gets like, I don't know, not obviously if, it was close. If but the Browns score, yeah. If the Browns score, I think. I think Jesus is walking back out onto that field and uh, walking him down there, if you will. I don't know because, well, I mean maybe, but I think he would have been out there for that for that last ride. Then, like I, I don't know what I'm still so confused on what happened. Like I, I understand like he looked like he got choked a little bit, but he didn't really hit his head. And they were talking about concussion protocol, and it, I like I just don't see how he doesn't play this week if. Like I don't understand the the concussion aspect of it. Like I don't think he has a concussion, like at all. No. So I don't know why. And that's what like, like after I saw him, him come out, out of the tent and go to the locker room, he was on a jog. Like he was, he was moving again. Yeah, like that's I, what I don't get. That's why I think he could have came back out in that game. I don't think they wanted to risk that by any means. No. And maybe they just thought they could get that done with with Henny. I don't know. Like the. You know, the way the game clock and everything was working, if they had that fourth and one, they're not going to assume that they're going to have, like, a fourth and one like that to, like, get them back out there real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they obviously really couldn't. And uh, credit to Henny, and I, I don't know. I just think that if it would have been, you know, more of, like, a setup for a drive, I think he's just yeah. he's, he's coming back out. But Yeah, I don't hate that. I mean, I, I just can't believe they went for it with a backup quarterback on that play call and that spot in the field with that much time left. That just takes some serious balls. I I don't <laughs> think there's I don't think there's any I don't think there's many other NFL coaches that are are putting just laying it on the table and saying all right let's do it like let's go for it let's. I mean I think you just got to give a, a bunch of credit to Tyreek Hill too. I mean the fact that you're just basically trusting a guy like him to get that open. Yeah. And basically you just need to make a half decent throw at that. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you could literally. <laughs> I mean, he was so open. Like, you could have, yeah. like, lateral, or you could have, like, option passed it to him or whatever, like, just flipped it out to him, and he probably would have caught it. But, you know, that, I just can't believe they went for it with the back of court. I thought for sure they were punted, too, just like Romo, I guess. But, you know, they caught him off guard. They caught me sleeping for sure. So, I guess they caught uh, the Browns sleeping as well. But that run, too, was absolutely incredible to put his just to put his line on, or his life on the line there and, you know, go get that first down was pretty sweet. Alrighty, so let's get into the Bucks Saints here, and obviously a big Sunday night matchup, high pressure game, a lot at stake. Brady Breeze, all these headlines coming into this game, and a game where I thought both defenses would show up. They kind of like let them have it, I guess, a little bit because they got close to that over and under, still stayed under. Thank God, but yeah, having the Bucks Bucks plus three and the the under was nice. Yeah, I mean, I obviously, I mean, just just a surreal moment as a Bucks fan to be. You know where we are. You know, if you think about two years ago, three years ago, the end of last year, it's like I no way we're playing in the NFC Championship a week from now. But I mean, it was totally sweet. Like I'm sorry, but to see Drew Brees in that type of mental shape after losing, you know, the last game of his career. You know, I know, I know he's a great guy. I know all that, but it made me so happy. It made me so happy to see. You know, just just to go in there and just win and just get a probably the biggest win in Bucks history. I mean, when you think about the divisional opponent, I mean, obviously the Super Bowl's up there, but like this was this was a monumental game, and to to play that the way they played was just it was incredible, man. It, 
It was incredible. All right, so question. We've got to get on air here. How did it feel after Jameis threw, threw that touchdown on the, the <laughs> trick play there? I mean, just shocked. Like, I was purely shocked. When they went out there, though, and they had him, like, split out, it was like, okay, Jameis is in the game. Okay, so what are they going to do? They're going to take a shot because Drew Brees can't throw the ball more than 15 yards on the field. So what are they? So he's going to line up at receiver. So what do we think is going to happen here? Is they going to throw a bubble screen to Jameis? No. Are they going to run some reverse pass trick play option? Yeah, probably. To not guard, to, I mean, that guy was so open. Like, I mean, I think I could have thrown it to him, like, for real. Traquan Smith, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, he just streaking wide open down the side, or right up the middle. I mean, great play call, I guess they stole from Chicago, but, you know, I could not believe they sent out Jameis there to just throw a touchdown. <laughs> just... And after the game, I said, but, you know, I'm happy for him for finally throwing a touchdown in the Bucks playoff game. Congratulations. You know, good for him, but it it felt good to send him home, too, I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was great to see. I mean, obviously, after starting not off, like, incredibly slow, but the big second quarter, obviously, getting back to a, a tie ball game at the half and then coming out and kind of sealing it, if you will, in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's what you – we were talking about even before this game, when you talk about Brady coming down, closing games, you know, I think it all all comes into effect and obviously was a big part in uh, getting the Buccaneers to the NFC Championship again. Yeah, I mean, like like we said last week, I think, you know, that's one thing that the Bucs have really, really gotten better at this year is just executing at the end of games, you know, putting teams away, burying them, making plays. And, you know, I guess it was the defense really in this game that, you know, was – making the majority of, you know, the the massive plays, I guess. But in terms of what to do even after those those turnovers though, like yeah. in terms of punching in those points, getting points off turnovers, obviously is huge in any sport really you're talking about. I think is massive whether it be getting 7 instead of 3, I think is just like, you know, we talk about is just massive and Brady obviously being able to punch them in and whatnot and kind of, you know, manage if you will in those situations is huge. Well, yeah, to have his presence, I mean, the clock management this year has just been supremely better. I mean, it just feels like, you know, there's two-minute warning. He knows where the clock is. He knows <laughs> he knows what down it is most of the time. <laughs> but, um, like, just the execution this year has just been on a whole different level, and I don't think that's all Brady. I think that's, you know, I think that's partial coaching as well. But, you know, to have him out there, like, leading, you know, kind of directing things and commanding the offense, which is – what I love to see in quarterbacks is it's it's really a, it's really a treat to watch this year for sure. And I mean, we let's talk about this rushing attack a little bit this week too. Thirty carries between the two this week, averaging three point seven and four point eight yards per carry. Obviously, big this week as well. Leonard getting the, the the majority of the work as well. Yeah, I mean, Ronald Jones been dealing with that quad, um, you know, on that big run that got called back for holding and kind of yep. pulled it up. I think he tweaked it again, which is you know tough. But you know, Leonard's been. You know, he's been great in the playoffs this year. He's been a big addition. You know, the most of this, this five receptions season. this week. We we talked about it up and again. I think it was four the week prior, and now it's been five this week. Five for forty four. I mean, great to see the receiving work uh, come back a little bit for Leonard. Yeah, and the thing that I've been really that I think kind of helped us there is that you know he had a bad drop in like the first quarter of the game, and normally they'd kind of just sell him there. They'd just put in Ronald, and I think with his injuries, they didn't want to you know put too much work on it, so they kind of just had to roll with Fournette, and he didn't drop any other the rest of the game, and he played great. You know, he caught the touchdown, which he has, he almost dropped too. But, you know, the run game has been – it's been solid. It's been so much improved from last year and, you know, the last five years when you really think about it. And like I said, you know, when we signed Leonard Fournette, I, I wasn't sure what role he'd fit in. I, you know, I didn't know whether he would take Ronald's spot, but he has been an absolutely massive – player in these playoffs I mean just running hard catching the ball in the backfield you know I can't say enough about him man it's just been it's been surreal to see for real one thing I wanted to point out too a little bit just looking even at the stat sheet and kind of coming to a little bit of relief realization if you will but Cameron Bray had some big catches in this game big catches for chunk yardage if you will he was he was massive in this one yeah I mean without uh OJ Howard he's been kind of the guy that's you know He's a forgotten man for most of the year, and obviously with Gronk and, and such. But he's been, you know, he played good against Washington, too. I had his over yards against Washington. I think he might have led the team in receiving that game, maybe. Um, 
but he's been massive. You know, that's that's a that's a bucket hard. He's been here for God four or five years now. It feels like, and you know, it's great to see all these guys that you know have been through just the lowest of lows. You know, showing out in the playoffs. You know, Cameron Braid. You know, even Devin White. You know, he's only been here for a couple of years, but you know, Lamonte David, like all these guys, just showing out in the playoffs after you know just absolutely a couple of miserable years is it's it's really really awesome to see for sure yeah so any last comments for the bucks faithful and uh i mean obviously i mean maybe you'd want to make a comment on the the drew Brees walking out yeah i mean first of all that made me listen i know he's a good guy i did after the game i did you know kind of feel a little bad but you know it felt good to send it felt good to send them home they were talking so much you know the weeks before, you know, the Cam Jordan, I don't know if you saw that, but he said something about Brady's two weeks away from arthritis. Then, you know, there was a lot of John going on in the field and just to just to send them packing just felt so good. You know, we haven't beat the Saints and I don't think I think we got swept by him two years in a row now, honestly. And then just to beat him when it really, really mattered was awesome. And then you know, I guess my last thing on this game is Devin White was just possessed in this game. I mean, yep. he was all over the field. Yep. Obviously, the pick and the fumble were or fumble <laughs> recovery were huge, but you know, every down, you know, just in in the play, just so fast, it's incredible. It was so nice to have him back. And then the rookie Winfield, I mean, to force that fumble on Jared Cook was the game. I mean, that swung all the momentum. And I know there's a lot of conversations going on. I see on my TikTok all the time that momentum's not a thing, and I mean, it definitely is. Yeah, I mean it. it was that game absolutely. I mean that. That fumble recovery absolutely changed the changed the game. I mean, it was I think the Bucks scored seventeen unanswered since then, or after that, or something like that. So, I mean, it it just was a it's just surreal. It, it doesn't it doesn't feel real even still now. A couple of days later, that we're playing in the NFC Championship tomorrow or on Sunday. Yeah, I was waiting. I was hoping you were going to bring up Devin White because I know you're such a big fan and whatnot, and everything that they, he's been doing for this Bucks defense this year has been huge. And even his time when he, when he was out. You know, mm-hmm. was obviously a big miss, you could and see it. you could definitely see it. And I was hoping you'd maybe mention. I figured it was going to be in the last comment or whatnot, but yeah. So I guess that kind of wraps it up for the NFL. Oh, one more, uh, the fact that Vita Vea might be back next oh, week is that is news. That is huge, huge. I mean, the Bucks defense, their their run defense especially has been, you know, it's been fine this year, but he is like the anchor of that defensive line, especially in the run game, and to get him back. Going into Green Bay, you know, team that doesn't get a lot of credit for their run game, but they're, I know. mean, they were running it well last week. Uh-huh. That's for damn sure. Yeah, they are. They, I mean, they've ran the ball well basically all season. You know, Rodgers gets all this credit, but I think that, you know, Aaron Jones takes a lot of that pressure off, and they have a couple guys back there, too, that are running hard. And, you know, to get him back in that middle and kind of just clog things up would be, would be massive in that NFC championship for sure. Yeah, I guess that was rumblings yesterday that. Yeah, he's I think gonna be back. Right. I think yeah. So crazy to even think about um, this this year and moving forward. I mean, even for a Super Bowl would be would be massive for for the Bucks. But I suppose yeah. So moving into some college basketball that we've kind of been leaving out here, unfortunately, for the past few few uh, weeks, if you will. Unfortunate because we care about it so much and we love college basketball and the sport and all the, the competitiveness and. Everything that it brings, even in March with March Madness and uh, how the tournaments ran every year, just in terms of even comparing it to, you know, the college football playoff, it's it's just way better in that regard. It's just way better, and it I feel like always kind of will be until there's some changes and some balancing uh, across the board with, with the college athletics, if you will, but... Um, Glad to be back talking about college basketball, Lance. Yeah, I mean it's been a good uh, it's been a good couple of weeks of college basketball. I mean it always is. There's always there's always something happening in college basketball. I think that's my favorite part of it is that there's just always drama. there's always an upset. News. There's always a yeah drama news. So it's a coach getting fired or something. There's always something going on, and you know you really it's really hard to keep up with honestly because there's just so many teams and so many uh, so many conferences and. Like you said, there's 68 teams that get into the tournament every year, so there's 68 teams that are, you know, fighting for, fighting for those to make the tournament. Even like you know, look at these these non-major conferences that are, their goal coming in is just win a game, win, make it to the make tournament. it to the tournament, win a game, yeah. maybe. You yeah, know, and it's like 
it's just a very interesting like dynamic is the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, glad to be back. So I'm I'm kind of gonna we're kind of wheeling this off into a, a little bit of a of an odd tangent here with the college basketball takes, but kind of start with the top end of the rankings. We'll start with Gonzaga, Baylor, and uh, a few others. Obviously, our Iowa boys, but Gonzaga is looking like Gonzaga. I mean, they're the best yeah. team in the country. It's not really close. Baylor finally getting their their first loss of the season handed to them by or excuse me I'm, I was jumping to Texas Texas Tech <laughs> sorry Baylor obviously is still looking strong getting a win against Kansas twelve and zero I think they are now uh, obviously a, a game that they're kind of kind of look forward to they're going to kind of roll their their next few they got Oklahoma State maybe tough on the road Kansas State Auburn and then what I was going to get to here is Texas Baylor Baylor on the road on Tuesday February second. That's three games from now, but I mean that's a big one. That's a big one that I'm ready to circle. Yeah, I mean you look at you look at these teams like Baylor. I mean Baylor is just I couldn't believe how good they looked against Kansas. Like I said, I think we talked about this in one of the first college basketball podcasts. Baylor's not a team that I really like watch. I don't know what it is. Like they're just I just don't get to get my eyes on a lot of their games. But against Kansas, I mean, oh my god, like they are they are definitely closer to Gonzaga than I think a lot of people are giving credit for. I mean, they are they are a wagon. They play just unreal defense, and, you know, you get Butler hot like he was last night, and they shoot the lights out too. So they're definitely going to be a team that I think can beat Gonzaga. It's crazy to me too with, like, how much talent and athleticism this Baylor team has, just how fundamentally sound they are, just, like, in terms of, like, the good shots that they take, especially all their guards. Just, I mean, watching them play the game of basketball is just Pretty honestly unreal because of how fundamentally sound and just how crisp they are and just playing the game of basketball on both ends of the court as well is just really like refreshing to watch and I think that's what's you know like we say is just making college basketball so special is just like teams like that when you get a complete team that play on both ends of the floor is just really fun to watch yeah and they definitely are a complete team I mean they are probably even more complete than Gonzaga I mean obviously offensively that you know Gonzaga is. Yeah, yeah, they're the number one offense in the country. I'll give it to them over Iowa. But, you know, Baylor is definitely the most complete team in the nation right now, I would I would argue. I mean, like you said, defensively, they are they are stout defensively. So, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely weird to talk about college basketball in, like, the regular season because so much can change, like, week to week, like we said. I mean, something's always happening. Like, you know, you talk about Baylor looking ahead to those next four games – which they very well could be, and then they drop. You know, Kate Cunningham goes for thirty three next next time out, and, and they and they lose to uh, to Oklahoma State. So it's just a it's just a very interesting you know top half, and I think the general consensus is that it's kind of Gonzaga, Baylor, you know, maybe even Iowa, Michigan, Villanova, and then it's everybody else. And then I don't think there's really anybody. There's a pretty you know steep drop off from that. Yeah, I, I certainly agree, and we can get into the kind of the rest of the rankings here, if you will. So we've got Villanova still undefeated in conference, lost only once. Then Iowa is now fourth again, twelve and two. Obviously, you know, rattling off five straight like we've been discussing here the last few weeks. Um, even I mean, our, shit, our I think it was our first podcast back. We had talked about you know the upcoming schedule a little bit, being able to rattle off a few in a row here. We're kind of seeing that happen, really coming into form as well. And then obviously Texas, and this is what I kind of wanted to get into as as well. Texas being eleven and two, I mean, big game against Texas Tech, losing to them. Obviously the the quote, you know, Jack the Mac Dagger, if you will, on the road for Texas Tech was huge. And a Texas Tech's team that's been kind of rallying this year it seemed like yet last year was a little bit of a, a an, rebuild year, a rebuild year, and kind of coming back into the uh, the limelight. Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about Texas, man. I love Texas this year. Just strictly based off, they have to be at least number one or number one or number two, the most athletic teams in the country. I mean, they are so long, athletic. They have like eight guys that could go win a dunk contest right now. It's just pretty, it's pretty unreal to watch, you know, like how much their length gives other teams issues. Like, you know, teams just fold. Like, you know, you talk about like, you watch like, a young like a AAU basketball game of like sixth graders right like you could like watch the teams like before like line up or whatever and you could probably get a pretty good guess on who's gonna win and it's normally the team the taller the more athletic team 
And that's what I feel like Texas is every time they go out. They're just taller. They're more athletic. They're longer. They're quick. I mean. They can play defense too, man. Yeah, they are. I think they're a legit, a legit contender, honestly, just based off their, their defense. And, you know, their offense kind of falters at times. I think we kind of saw that in um, earlier in the year against Villanova. But when their offense is, you know, when they're hitting shots, they're going to be tough to beat because they play just unreal defense every time they go out. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And just kind of keep moving down the list here. Tennessee's been all right. I don't watch a whole lot of Tennessee basketball. They've been solid this year for the most part. I feel like they're kind of not talked about as much, you know, kind of like I just mentioned. But moving down the list, you know, we talk about it a lot, how deep the Big Ten is here at number seven, Michigan, playing some really good basketball until getting a a rather thumping from uh, Minnesota, I guess, some payback, if you will, from earlier this year. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough to win on the road in the Big Ten. I mean, I think that think that pretty much sums it up. I mean, I don't think anybody had um, uh, Minnesota winning that game by 20. And if you did, then I guess congratulations to you. But Michigan looked so, so good against Wisconsin. And to have that steep of a fall-off is just – it's just it's, it's life in the Big Ten. Yep, couldn't agree more. I think this Michigan team, and we are discussing it too as – you know, people were starting to really realize, you know, what they were, move them up in the rankings. Michigan, when they play together, this team is really good. And I feel like, you know, on the other side of the coin, when they're not playing together, this team is very vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, it does kind of seem like that. I do like um, I do like that new kid, uh, Dickinson, I think his name is. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson. I mean, that kid is – that kid's a monster. And then, obviously, with the leadership of Isaiah Levers, you know, I think they'll get it figured out. You know, they they played really, really poorly against Minnesota, which is definitely something to watch. And I think that might you might have something there with that uh, playing together. I mean, to score, I mean, I don't know what they average this year. Probably in the eighties, probably in the mid eighties points per game, and they had like one fifty six or something like that. Yeah, correct. I mean, not great. That's a that's a big drop off. I'm sure they'll bounce back. It's just it's life of the Big Ten. You know, sometimes sometimes you're gonna go on the road, get your doors blown off by a team that you feel like you should beat. So. Yeah, so keep moving down here. Houston, obviously, at the top the A-10. or the No, excuse me, the American. Is that the is same the as American? A-10? No. Yeah, so the the American, obviously, they've been playing all right. Their one loss, kind of a little slip up, if you will. I think the, we were talking about that earlier. I think, think they're going to be all right moving forward. Yeah, they, another team that's just athletic, plays defense. They got, like a, they, got a good, they got a lot of good senior leadership, too. I like Or not senior leadership, but, you know, experienced guys that have been there. Quentin Grimes from um, – Kansas, and then they have another kid too. I can't remember his name. Sasser. Both those guys been around, you know, ready to get uh, ready to get into it. So, like I said, just another team that plays defense. They shoot the ball well, and they're probably going to win their conference pretty handedly. So they'll definitely be in the tournament, and definitely a team to kind of watch out for. You know, they're they're sneaky good. You know, teams that play defense and I love and when Houston shots. gets those three four seeds, come up with some upsets, and then in the tournament it's just fun to watch. Like we talk about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, literally anything can happen. But this is this isn't a Houston team that you want to see, you know, as a, you know, a a one seed or a, they, you know, they get in as a four and you got to play them in the second round or in the third round in the Sweet Sixteen. It's like, yeah, that's that's not who we want to see. Or, no, not at all. Or, not at all who you want to see. Or you know, you get West Virginia in as a five seed and play them in the second round. It's like, yeah, that's. This isn't fun. Like this is not the team that I expected to. I think to that happened here. a few years ago with like Ohio State. I think it was a three-four in the bottom right bracket, which I don't even know which one it would be. It doesn't matter. But yeah, same thing. I believe they met in the Sweet Sixteen. I think Houston got the best of them, to be honest. Yeah, they're they're just uh, they're just a team that's kind of you know always always around, always hanging around. They're like I said, they're they're experienced this year. They play just unreal defense and, and they know how to win. So. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So kind of rounding out the rest of this top 25 rankings, I mean, when we talk about it, talk about the Big Ten, maybe not. I mean, I guess now, let's see, let's count them here. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, six in the top 25 right now. At one point, there was upwards of probably nine yeah, i think at I mean, one point there was a lot at one point yeah i think at one point we had didn't have any on the top 10 but we had nine in the top 25 which is crazy to think about now obviously kind of getting some more recognition moving to iowa back up there starting to find some form michigan obviously and uh wisconsin ohio state kind of rounding out the the big 10 if you will 
kind of interesting to to think about. I just hope we get as many in as as we can, really. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you always want to show out, but second of all, because you know when you have that many good teams in a conference and they kind of all beat up on each other, there's definitely going to be some guy. There's definitely going to be a team or two that I feel like deserves it and gets left out. But you know, all these teams, like you know, who we talk, like the top, you know, eight or nine or even ten in the Big Ten, could all go win a game in the NCAA tournament. Every Definitely. single one of them. Definitely. Top to bottom, except probably not Nebraska. Penn State and probably not Nebraska. And Penn State, yep. Yep, it, couldn't agree more. And I guess I guess, kind of the story of the Big Ten the last couple of weeks has been Illinois. You know, they've been – the boys from boys from Illinois have been struggling a little bit. Frauds, question mark? I'm not ready to go that far, maybe, The only problem is, yeah, you can't really say that, and that's because AO, I think, is just the, the fact that – Basically means you you can't say that. And then March, that man's a dog. That yeah. man's a dog. And if he gets hot, man, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's Very certainly a scary team. team. And uh, everything with, with Kofi and the rest of the – I mean, just a lot of role players, truthfully, in yeah. that Illinois team. If if they get hot, they're going to be a team to uh, have to watch. But right now, not playing very good, uh, very good basketball. No, I mean – but like I said, I mean, it's hard to ro- – it's hard when – it's hard to win in the Big Ten, but you know to drop back-to-back home games to Maryland and Ohio State is is not what I would call a, a good week. You know, obviously they should be able to bounce back tonight against Penn State, and then they got Iowa coming up. So, you know, it could be a cup. It could be a rough couple of weeks for the Illini. It really could. I, yeah, I guess some other notes kind of rounding out the top twenty-five here. Creighton been looking all right. Uh, their I believe offense they, is incredible. Their offense is just insane. I believe they lost to Butler. Was their last. Their last one, and they lost to UConn in conference as well. Listen, it's the same thing with the Big East, I think, a lot of the times. It's just hard to win on the road. We talk about these Big East trap lines all the time, and I think that's just kind of what you're seeing out of Creighton. I think that there's still going to be a really scary team in the tournament, especially if you haven't played a team of, of their caliber. I think that they're going to be scary to watch. Yeah, I mean, that Butler loss isn't, isn't, uh, isn't a good one for sure, but, you know, they'll be all right. They're yeah. going to be fine. They're going to so. be all right. It just happens. It happens. It really does. And uh, last team kind of wanted to note here, too, was Alabama. Alabama is a team that we've been we've been riding here the last few weeks on a seven-game win streak and uh, looking to continue that tonight on the road at LSU. Yeah, I mean, this Alabama team, it doesn't feel like they're the same normal Alabama team like, you know, the last couple of years of, you know, um, who was there? Sexton? Yeah. Correct. You know, where they're just, they're just run and gun, and, you know, they just play a bunch of offense and are, like, the worst defensive team in the big – or in, like, the country. Uh, you know, that that's not them this year. I mean, they play reasonable defense, but they still kind of have that same go, go on offense, which is just, like, we're going to run up and down the floor on you until you can't stop us anymore. And I feel like that – I mean, it's been, it's been working. Like you said, a seven-game win streak. And I'm big on them this year. I mean, the SEC is – is wide open. I'm not even sure I'm sold on Tennessee yet. So, and obviously Kentucky is, you know, they're still around, but they're uh, they're struggling a little bit this year too. So they could definitely make a make a run at the SEC this year for sure. Yeah. So I guess the few comments kind of rounding out our college basketball talk towards the end of this one would would just kind of be for me the the ACC and a conference that certainly is not as strong probably as it's been in the last Tw- shit twenty decade, years. Twenty years. I mean shit. I mean, the, these teams are have not been very good this year. Duke, obviously, falling out of the rankings. North Carolina falling out of the rankings. I mean, it's just not a, a strong top half and a bunch of rather average teams other than maybe Virginia Tech. And Clemson obviously got their doors beat off by Virginia. So then we obviously have Virginia up there too. But Yeah, I mean, I think Virginia is, is definitely the favorite right now to go win it. I think – they had a, you know, they had those two big transfers coming in with the Hauser, and then they had, who's the other kid? I'm, I'm missing a name. I'm not going to be able to help you on that one. I don't know. They had two. They had two big high-profile transfers come in, and you know, it took a while to click. You know, they had that bad loss to San Francisco earlier the year, but I think they're going to start to click. I mean, their offense is just, or their defense is just, it's just a Virginia defense. It's just going to be one of the best in the country again, and. You know, if their offense can kind of start to, to figure it out a little bit more than they even are now, then, you know, they could be really dangerous, especially, like I said, kind of the same thing in the ACC as in the SEC. I mean, it's just wide open right now. There's just no – there's no number one teams in those conferences that has presented themselves and been like, yeah, like we are going to – we're going to kind of uh, 
beat up on everybody except, I guess, Virginia, you know, with that 35-point win over Clemson. So, Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's just kind of an odd year for the ACC and just pretty much wide open except for those those few couple teams, it feels like, and, and maybe a Duke makes a run, but I'm not really seeing it out of North Carolina. They've just been so vulnerable everywhere this year and just kind of an odd year for the ACC. Yeah, I mean, I think there's I think there's only three ACC teams ranked. I can't, I have to imagine that's one of the the lowest ever, and I would imagine that Clemson's probably it's gonna drop trending trending out. And, you know, Virginia Tech they bring a lot of excitement this year. I like them a little. I like them a little bit this year, but like they're not. I don't think they're gonna go make a lead eight or anything this year. So the it might be a tough year and in the tournament for AC, for the ACC this year. I couldn't agree more, and that was kind of one of the things I was looking back towards when we talk about fantasy, our fantasy basketball stuff. The ACC was just kind of a fade for me this year. I haven't really thought about, you know, really picking much from them. And, uh, I mean, even moving towards, like, some of the Pac-12 teams over some of the mid-tier ACC teams, like a Colorado or an Oregon, I mean, definitely. I just – it just hasn't been a very good uh, feeling from the, the ACC teams this year. I actually got a take on the Pac-12. So I watched. Um, I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of Pac-12 lately. I'll be honest. With you. I've been getting. Been getting my notes in because obviously when you go to the bar, that's usually the latest game on. I like to know who I'm betting on at least. You know, get get a good feel for what's going on. I think UCLA might be like legit, like a legit Elite Eight team, like a team that can go on a run in March. Moving up in the Ken Palm, the eighth best uh, offense, adjusted offense, not as great of a defense, obviously, but no, hey. but they have they have like five or six guys that can legitimately score the ball, like on any possession. I like Tiger Campbell a lot, and then they have I can't remember the other kid's name, but they have another stud that just they those two just go get buckets and you know listen, Mick Cronin's a good coach, so. I, I think they can. I think that's kind of my uh, my sleeper pick right now. I guess it's not really you know too big of a sleeper since they're like ranked, but you know I was on I was on them I was on them a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I'll give you some credit there for sure. Well, I guess that kind of rounds out the the college basketball talk, if you will, for me. It wasn't very structured chat by any means, but kind of wanted to round out a few thoughts from uh, around the uh, the nation, if you will, and uh, wanted to get back to uh, you know obviously you know recapping everything that we've missed and hopefully getting into a solid schedule moving in the rest of the week and then next week school starts so we'll be up here full time you know all of that yeah we should that entails good. should so. be good from here on out i hope so so that being said i guess we'll kind of wrap it up here for this episode of the mix later this week we're going to do hopefully a hawks view with everything going on with iowa basketball and them moving forward and then a triangle sharps later this week as well which we look to get mm -hmm. out since we missed last week, we're, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. Yep. So that being said, I guess we'll wrap it up with that. Until next time, we will see you guys later. Let's kick it. He fires downfield. It's caught. And into the end zone. Touchdown, Iowa. Touchdown, Iowa. Play fake. Bethard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. on the way. It's good. It's good. Iowa wins 14.